this. It's a, uh, it's something that'll change the world and human life as we know it. He knows. He's seen the light. When Monty talks, it's painful. <laughs> Monty, you have been so instrumental in uh, kind of pointing me in the right direction. <laughs> it was about um, looking at your character defects and spirituality. Uh, it, it's the integration of clinical practices with uh, the 12 steps. It's an absolute pleasure. He certainly knows a lot of people. Uh, he's got a lot of energy. And sometimes when you don't have so much energy, he picks you up and carries and you. the Monty man there certainly helps. This is one of the places that is about the business of the solution. Views expressed on this special broadcast of the Take 12 radio show do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting or its affiliates. KHLT is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Now here's that guy who's getting less popular minute by minute, your host, The Multi Man. Well, welcome one and all to a very special broadcast. Uh, we are going to be picking up the conversation with my sponsor, Bruce H., and our co-host, Marv R., on the promises of step 10. So without further ado, let's get right into it, shall we? Uh, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it, is uh, the 10th step uh, originated from the, uh, the the program Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, reading that out of the third edition of the AA Big Book. And, and, and this is, uh, we, we should title this, instead of calling this step 10, we should call this step Bruce, because Bruce loves this step. This is uh, this is like his favorite step. And also, Bruce, you have made the statement that you believe that this is probably the most misunderstood step of the 12 steps. All right. You want to expound on that before we go talk about the promises of it? Because I think <coughs> that people believe it's continuing doing the steps. Mm. So when it says continue to take personal inventory... People interpret that as meaning we continue to go back to step one and do one through 12 over and over and over again. Well, most people four through nine. Or four through nine, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they believe that they're doing that over and over. They're continuing to do that. I believe that to some extent that's probably right. But I think the important thing is is that we have now have this God consciousness and we want to develop that. That's what this book is all about, and that's what these steps are all about, to find a power by which to live. Mm-hmm. And we sh- stay more focused on the step and the p- steps before it than we do the... Uh, uh, the power we're trying to develop. The power we're trying to develop. Yeah. Marv said something earlier before the program started about uh, repeating this thing, and it becomes part of his thinking, and that's true. And that's the way it was with me too. You know, the, the, the discovering what your inventory is and, and promptly admitting your wrongs mm-hmm. becomes more of an automatic thing. So you don't have to sit down with pen and paper necessarily and do Absolutely. all that. Absolutely, and it becomes right. part of our thinking, just like the Bible. I I read it and try to get just get <coughs> biblically centered. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or live my life by principles uh, like that. So and it becomes part of our life. We we start to think about that instead of other things. But what I'm talking about here that I think the important thing for me and why I love this so much is that it seems to be very crystal clear to me 
in this page and a half that is talking about developing this relationship with God and working on that to extend that. That's the spiritual aspect of this program. See, our mm-hmm. sobriety is mm-hmm. contingent. This is what we talking about our drinking now. Our sobriety is contingent upon our spiritual condition, and our spiritual condition is contingent upon our relationship with God. Amen. Okay. Amen. And that's why I think it's misunderstood. The other part is, and I'll just throw this in, and I'll shut up, let somebody <coughs> else talk, is they want to talk about step 11. They think it's step 11 where we review our the at night, and some people say, well, that's how I do step 10. Well, if that's how you're doing step 10, then I think you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, that that is step 11, and they're using that and reviewing your case, your, your day and things like that, for you can go to God and build your relationship again with him. Right. That is absolutely about building your relationship with God, you know. Yeah. Uh, step 11. Right. Yeah. It would improve our conscious contact with him. And that's the way the book refers it. So, Marv, Mar- <laughs> that's you, why I love it. When you were talking about um, the, these things are more automatic, tell the listeners what you were talking, what you meant about that. How well, that? it just seems to me like as time has gone on and, and uh, uh, <clears throat> experience under my belt that. Um, uh, for an example, uh, in a general way, if my son and I get in a mm-hmm. tiffed about something and I have uh, reacted wrongly uh, years ago, that would never have been part of my thinking. Uh, I would have just arrogantly walked off and done my thing. Demanded your rights, and I'm right, and you're wrong, and yeah, you know, yeah. just get over it. Nowadays, <laughs> it's not that way anymore because of, quote, unquote, this, what I think is God consciousness. And it just takes a little bit, and all of a sudden, I'm thinking, you know what? I probably did that wrong. mm um, I probably have misunderstood or been short-sighted about whatever the his side was. Uh, what do I do about it? Okay, Lord, what do I do about it? You know? Yeah. And that kind of thinking uh, was never, ever part of my life hmm. before uh, I started walking this walk. And, Ain't that know, wonderful? I mean, think about that. It is. Yeah. It, it's ama- It's nothing short than amazing. To, to uh, I was over. pretty arrogant. Yeah. You know, I thought yeah. I was the mountain, and now I know I'm just a grain of sand on the mountain. So That um, comes out in what you said, too, you know, that you was concerned. Not just your son, but, you know, for this person, you know. So, so uh, one of the key words in this step, and, and I mentioned this off the air, was the word "continued" for me, um, which would suggest that there are going to be things that come up in my life in the future <laughs> that are going to require um, that I know how to apply and implement this step, and not because there's power in this step, but because the power that comes from God enables me to admit my wrongs. Like you were saying, Marv, I mean, this is something that God's done for you, right? 
I think so, yes. Yeah. Um, and last week... I sure couldn't do it on my own. No. No. <laughs> last week, uh, the, the last sentence in Step 9 was, uh, they, meaning the promises of Step 9, will always materialize if we work for them. So it was conditional. And then in the big book, it says, this thought brings us to Step 10. So if you wonder where Step 10 starts in the explanation of the step, uh, it's on page 84. And I'm going to let you, Bruce, I'm going to let you kind of take it from here a little bit, if you want to read some. Yep. yep. What I was just thinking about, though, is I would talk about this, continue. Yeah. What are the steps about? Each step is a step into humbleness, into humility, for we can go to God with a different attitude. Right. It's about developing our relationship with God. That's the whole purpose of this thing. You bet. You know. And I'll, I'll just read one part okay. in the, uh, step 10. It says, because I think this is a summary of of 10. Cool. Okay. It says, much has already been said about receiving strength and inspiration and direction from him who, him who has all knowledge and power. If we have carefully followed directions... We have begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God-conscious. We have become began to develop this vital sixth sense, but we must go farther, and that means more action. Now, I believe that that's the closing summary mm. for step 10. Mm. I don't think that I could say anything to emphasize the more importance of what Barb is saying and what you're saying, what I'm saying, all comes together in this thing and that this is what this is all about. Marv said, I couldn't have done it without him. Right. I say I couldn't have done it without him. (laughs) And that's the miracle. You know, it just happens. It's been given to us. And all of that precedes that to what we were talking about here. It's the most wonderful thing that's ever come into my life. There's some very, very clear instructions here that I think a lot of people miss because they think this is a maintenance program and not a continue to grow program. What is the difference between maintaining something and continuing to grow in it. Yeah, well, I think you can get stagnated because you just sit into one place. You're just maintaining uh, these steps or this method instead of uh, growing in your relationship with God. Now that we've been enlightened by the Spirit, born by the Spirit, Mm -hmm. we should learn to walk by the Spirit. That's what it says in the bigger book. And I believe that that's what they're talking about here. Well, it says right here, we have entered the world of the Spirit in in step 10. And then the instruction says our next function, that means, okay, pay attention, we're getting ready to do something, um, is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. For what purpose? Why do we grow in understanding and effectiveness? And understanding of what? What we're trying to do is build a relationship where we can do his will instead of our own. So to be <laughs> to be of most effectiveness and maximum I, service to God and our fellows. I right? know we don't like this. No, know? I know. It's I just know. like the work, <clears throat> the work process, the thing, and, 
and that we play a part. We talked a little bit about that before the show started. See, and I'm a, a dogmatic about this thing that I think the thing that we're supposed to try to learn to do is live out of the blessings that God has given us. That's the work. Right. Say to work for something, to add to grace, I'm not sure that that comes, that I can figure that one out. Mm-hmm. You know, that gets in my way a lot mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to go out and have to work for something from God. It was a gift. Right. So we're sure. working out of gratitude for the gift. We're not working for the gift. Yeah. I I if we're talking about the steps, it's yes. one thing. Yeah. 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 Uh it, it it's it tells us here, it says this is not an overnight matter. We don't like that because I thought when I first came in the rooms, I thought I'm going to do these 12 steps because I thought that the power was in the steps. See, I'm going to do these 12 steps and I'm going to be done. And then I'll just continue to go to meetings and I'll be cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I discovered was kind of a bait and switch thing. (laughs) This thing was developing a relationship with with my creator. Um, It says it should continue for a lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, just dishonest, uh, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we restitutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. Um, here is uh, the first promise. In the list of promises, it says... Uh, we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. Boy, a lot of people don't they don't they don't agree with that. They think they're gonna be fighting the temptation to drink for the rest of their lives. And this is where I differ with some people that say I'm constantly in recovery and I and I say if you do these steps, if you develop a relationship with God, you have your spiritual awakening and God brings us forth, then you've recovered from alcoholism. You're not in recovery. That's what I believe the book is teaching. I think some people say recovered, some people say recovering, and it's just a matter of semantics. I don't think we need to argue about that. Uh, but um, there, there is this, there is this train of thought that says I will always be under the power of King Alcohol, and I better watch my back. And I don't agree with that. I think new power flows in. I think we have victory over this thing. Yeah. You know that I'm struggling with something right now today. We talked about that earlier. And right. It's, it's, it's a real struggle and it's a real obsession that's going on in my life. But as far as alcohol is concerned, I haven't woken up and thought about that and wanted to drink for years. And you know that I, I don't care how bad I didn't want to drink. Right along thought side of it was a thought that I wanted to, and that thought would win out. So the yes. obsession was lifted. Yeah, for me. Mark, and how I, about you? I haven't, I haven't wanted to drink. Has the well, obsession been removed for you? You don't wake up wanting to drink? Uh, no, I don't. Yeah. yeah I, I would not be honest if I didn't say I don't think about it once in a while, especially mm-hmm. when I'm in... Uh, uh, some kind of deep doo-doo mentally and emotionally and spiritually. but That's uh, different than obsessing, though. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
but for the most part, 99.999, I do not think about, oh, I better go have a shot of whiskey or whatever, you know. <laughs> now, isn't that something compared to the way we were? Yes, it, is it is to me because yeah, I, I mean yeah. it was it was all I thought about. Yeah, I mean I I you know I'd be I'd be hungover. I'd go to work. I could not <laughs> wait for my work day That's to end funny. so I could get you know. And I worked in retail, so I didn't leave the store without a couple of six packs under my arm. You know, um, it was well, all I, I thought. W- I was a little different uh, from the standpoint that uh, I was a binge drinker. So that means I did not drink every day. Uh-huh. But boy, let me tell you what. When that obsession came upon me, I went on a binge. Yeah. You there, were all in, right? Nothing stopped me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See now see that that's good. See, because there there is that type of, of drinker. And we have to right? understand. There is. Know. Yeah. But I think it's important <laughs> to bring up too, uh, in this uh number one that uh, the idea of not having a compulsion to drink uh, goes away. But the idea that we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, I do not believe goes away. Because that is the ism. That is the ism. Mm -hmm. That is learning to live life on life's terms. And... People have been so spiritually damaged, emotionally damaged, that it takes a lifetime, uh, I think. This is just my opinion, and we all know about opinions, that uh, it is going to keep popping up in different situations, circumstances, different kinds of relationship with family, on and on and on. Yeah, but particularly if, you, if you're a person We're, like I am, I'm overly opinionated. I'm kind of a right fighter at times. So I I still have a tendency to put up your dukes, even though I don't like boxing. But it's, but, you know. <laughs> it's like any, anything else. It, again, I've mentioned this many, many times. is a process, and it keeps getting better as long as we're doing the work, as long as we're keeping spiritually fit. The fight doesn't have to be... As dramatic as it was, yeah, it gets less yeah. and less and yeah. less. But well, I'm I'm going through something right now, Barb, and it's it's uh, <clears throat> it's really a, a hard for me. Yeah, <clears throat> so I haven't ceased fighting anything. There's right. still things that that uh, uh, I'm having problems with. But as far as the alcohol is concerned, that's I well, think God right. has got that. And well I, under I think what this is referring to is we as many of us used to have a whole attitude of of right fightership. We'd wake up in the morning not just thinking about drinking, but we we'd wake up in the morning, you know, well, better people better get out of my way. I'm always right. Um, you know, you don't have anything I want, so I'm not going to listen to you. You know, I mean, we can't have this attitude. We we talk about. The seven deadly sins and pride being the number one. You, you know, I think that's what this this means. We we stop being that kind of person where we're always ready to take the you know the first swing. Barf said something I'd like to ask him to expound <clears throat> on a little bit. Is the ism the you said that you said that was what it was that was the other part of this the isms. Yeah, it's and, called alcoholism. 
Uh-huh. So the compulsion to drink alcohol is gone, but living life on life's terms, the ism part of it is still there. Perhaps our sin nature is yeah. alive and well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, number two says, for, uh, for by this time, sanity will have returned. Doesn't say sobriety, it says sanity. Will that return? Yeah. Now, if, if you think that you can restore yourself to sanity by good luck <clears throat> doing a few steps, yeah, good luck. <laughs> so, so which brings me to the first part of this uh, this statement: for by, for by this time, by what time? By the time that we have entered the world of the spirit, because that is what's going to restore you to sanity. That's right. I believe that too, and I'm sorry. Uh, if there's those out there that don't, but yes, I do believe that. We will seldom be interested in liquor. So yeah, it may cross our minds, but it doesn't grab our attention like it did before. It just doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, If tempted, which would suggest that maybe we still may be tempted at times, and Marv touched on that, we recoil uh, from it as from a hot flame. Uh, that's a promise. Number five, we react sanely and normally. And we were joking around about, really? <laughs> Do we? <laughs> yeah, what is what is that? And what does it look like? And I really and truthfully believe to the insane, going sane seems insane. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're, you, you say, man, this, this is weird. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they're talking about. There. Well, it's interesting because we talk about spiritual principles and a moral compass and all that. And a lot of people in today's world think that's nuts. They do. They they think that anything goes. Yeah. I, I got to share this with you. I saw a commercial. I could not believe I was. I don't know why I couldn't believe it. I, why should I be surprised? It was during daytime television. And it was a commercial where these guys, good-looking, maybe 30-year-old, handsome gentlemen, well-dressed, are singing this jingle, I'm looking for someone other than my wife. Other than my wife. Other than my wife. Looking for someone other than my wife. And it was a website to to teach you how to go about having an affair. And this is this is where, where we've come. Where's our, we have no moral compass. And people think, if, if I say, well, you know, when you're married, you stay committed to your wife, you have, you know, you're, you're, it's her, she's the one. People look at you and say, well, that's not normal. What's normal is having an affair. You know what I mean? Things have gotten really weird, you guys. Um, and so we react sanely and normally. I don't know if we know what that <laughs> is in today's world. Well, I think what they're talking about, too, here is that, Marv's not thinking about it and going off on these sprees. Right. And I'm not thinking about it on some sort of daily basis because I've lost my job and everything else now. And that, you know, has allowed me to drink and use 24 mm-hmm. 7. See? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I, uh, I think that's what they're talking about there. We start to act sanely, you know, and normally. It, it's almost been given to us. It's a gift from God. So if we live out of that gift and out of that gratitude for what he's done, then we're going to start operating differently in the world. 
We won't be so selfish and self-centered. We'll start looking to where we can add to life instead of take it away from it. Instead of taking from it. Mm -hmm. Here's an interesting promise. It says, we will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. This is the miracle of it. Okay, but wait a minute. But wait a minute. Didn't I work really hard? Didn't I go to 90 meetings in 90 days? Didn't I put up with all your BS and all your right fighting in the meetings? And I did these steps and, and I sweated through the fourth step. I mean, isn't that And you're work relying work? upon yourself and not you, upon God. You betcha. But isn't that kind of how we think? We think, what do you mean no effort on my part? That's why you need a sponsor. See, yeah. and that's why you 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 do these things, and and all through the steps, you've been learning to to ask God for help. Can you see where a person, if they skip ahead in this step work, might read this and say, "Oh, I don't have to do anything. It says no effort on my part," hmm. without having the guidance of a sponsor and someone to take you through this properly? Let's do to say. Remember, we do play a part. Yes, you know, God didn't make us robots, right? So there's that we're going to make mistakes and we're going to try to do things and we're going to wonder, you know, we do the steps, you know what I mean? We, 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 under, we understand because of the hopelessness of this thing mm -hmm. that there's something behind us pushing us, but it's, it's been the most miraculous thing that's ever taken place. Because now I'm see I'm starting to see the wonderment of who he is and my need for him in my life. All right, Marv, I'm going to shoot this one at you. Uh, we are not fighting it. Neither are we avoiding temptation. So, can you go to a wedding today where there's alcohol being served and not drink? Yes. I <laughs> I have gone into bars and mm -hmm. played music and not drank. Right. Because you're a musician. No, because you're... I'm in recovery. No, but I mean, but that's one of the reasons why. <laughs> and you're not going into a bar because you're in recovery. You're going to a bar because you that's Play music. you had business being there. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> we we I, now don't get me wrong, listeners, especially those of you who are in the clinical field. Uh, I do understand the mental <clears throat> breakdown of what triggers are. I do get that. And particularly in early recovery. Um, but don't we have to come to a place in our lives where we have to live in this world and we need to be able to buy fruit and vegetables even though it's across the aisle from the beer? I mean, if, if, if we're avoiding everything that used to be a trigger, maybe we're not spiritually fit. And isn't this about becoming spiritually fit? Yeah. There, there's a... I don't know that we can place our put ourselves in a place of neutrality you know we feel like we've been placed there but i don't think that we can do that in this world because it's all around us it's all around us yeah yeah so if that if that obsession hasn't been removed if i'm not capable today you know and the only thing that's given me the ability not to think about it and take that away is my relationship with him Mm. He's, that's the insane part. That's mm -hmm. where he restored me to sanity. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm telling you, if, if he wasn't in my life, if I didn't have this spiritual fitness, I believe that insanity would return and I would drink. 
Yeah. Well, here's here's an interesting uh, number eight is that we feel though we've been, <clears throat> excuse me placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. Uh, and number nine says we have not even sworn off. Now this is interesting because, <clears throat> excuse me, in the early days before the the official uh, formulation of Alcoholics Anonymous, they had temperance temperance pledges, and people would sign promissory notes. I have sworn off alcohol. I will never drink again. And they would write these pledges out, and they, they had a real difficult time abiding by them. Um, because I believe what they were trying to do was something on their own power. And so it says, we have not sworn off. Instead, now this is the interesting thing, the problem, here's the promise, the problem has been removed. What problem? The drink problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. I didn't remove it. Did you remove it? I didn't remove it. So I think that's the point, that the obsession's been removed. The alcohol problem doesn't exist for me, but I still have the allergic reaction. If you put it in my body, I want more. And the reason I know that is when they give me those drugs when I had my heart surgery, right. the next thing you know, I'm watching the clock and I want more. Right, right. Um, so the obsession, the, obs- uh, the, the obsession is removed, but the allergy of the body, if you put it back in your system, the phenomenon of craving is still going to be there. You bet. Yeah. Yeah, that's so I'm still an alcoholic. Right. For that reason. Yes. Yeah. Um. What do you think, Marv? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Did you try swearing it off before ever doing any of this work? Did you try to just buck up and be a better guy? No, not when it comes to the drinking. Uh, Other things. Yeah. And failed miserably. Right. You know, but no, I once I got into AA... Um, and really taking a serious look, um, and I just went along with the program, I guess. Just, just, just I mean, I didn't it. say to myself, by golly, I'm never going to drink again and, right. and all this or sign any papers or anything, but, uh, mm-hmm. uh this is correct. I, uh, it, it's, it's been removed. Yeah. So. Yeah. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. What's that mean, Bruce? Not of alcohol. Yeah. You know, it's it's I I'm not that way. I'm not cocky either about it. I know that it's dependent upon my relationship with God. Why do you think I'm so excited about Him being in my life, and I want to grow and know Him mm-hmm. more? Mm-hmm. You know. It's uh, uh, thank you, <laughs> because because once we go once we go to Reno or Vegas for that wedding reception, and we have the attitude, hey, you know what? I'm Mister Cool. I don't drink. I can I can go anywhere I want to because I'm such a good guy. Well, then we're putting ourselves in danger. I I I can go over and talk to the connection, and and be his friend, right? Just because he lives next door, right? That ain't going to work. Right. Right. You know? Right. But now I don't have to move if he moves in next door to me today. 
Yeah, that's a, that's that that's a good that's a good analogy. Uh, the the statement after this promise, we are we are neither cocky nor are we afraid, says that is our experience. So they're t- they're telling us <clears throat> the, these first folks that they've experienced that. That is how we react so long as the conditional as we keep in fit spiritual condition. Keeping in fit spiritual condition isn't a maintenance of something. It's a continued growth process. True? I believe that. I can maintain my 57 Chevy in the garage by polishing it up, keeping it dust free. But if I don't run that thing, one day I'm going to get in that, turn it on. It's going to freeze up on me, right? It's not going to be. It's not going to be of any use. And well, I think a lot of people sit around trying to maintain their spiritual condition by attending twelve step support meetings. Yeah, and I don't think that's. I don't think that's going to going to do it. Yeah, the brakes start leaking because the rubber goes bad because it gets hard. Right. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't. Stay lubricated. And don't get me wrong, I don't mean not to go to those meetings, <clears throat> but I think a lot of times people will sit there and they, they won't take anything out of there. They just go. I just, I went. <laughs> I showed up. I hear that. Well, at least I'm here. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we don't walk away from these things and, and, and take things that are, that we can apply and implement. I, I think we're going to be in trouble. Um <clears throat> If we have carefully followed directions, boy, that's a big one. If we have carefully followed directions, how many people, I don't know, how many people I've worked with, <clears throat> excuse me, that just won't follow directions and then they, they're bewildered when they don't experience any of these promises. But see, how many of us really followed the directions that carefully? When it's, when it's talking about if we have carefully followed directions yeah i think if we stay inside the guidelines mm-hmm. but i know it's going to it's it <clears throat> that when we do this thing people don't do it exactly the way i did it or or anything else they they fool around with it and they scoot out of here but if you can keep them inside the guidelines of this thing i think it can well, I think he's saying this because he's trying to get across it. We can't do this half-heartedly. I mean, I tried to do it half-heartedly. Okay. I was, I was, I was in the camp, the half measures camp, and it didn't work. Yeah, well, it, it just did you, I, I, I go back to step one for that because maybe you didn't understand step one. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. So the promise is, we have begun to sense the flow of His Spirit into us. We actually begin to, you know, you know, when when I turned my will in my life over to the care of God in 1971, um, I know that the Spirit of God came to live within me, but I didn't sense it for a long time because I I wasn't growing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we t- you talk about it, Bruce. My position, my my position may be secure, but my condition's messed up. I I didn't sense it, and I was walking around going, "Why aren't I feeling any different?" That's why we we haven't uh, ceased fighting everything or any everyone anyone. Hmm. Good point. Hmm. Good point. Oh boy. See, and I've got a. I don't know if I buy into that because the the it was such a profound thing with me. Oh, this is where everybody's experience can be a little different. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, mm-hmm. I knew something had taken place. I mean, I I just for a week, and and, and actually for a month, uh, wasn't functional. And for the first week, I really wasn't. Mm. I mean, all I could do is is try to talk about this and weep. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I just, uh, I don't think it was like the burning bush, like people say, but it was a profound thing happened. To Probably me. more of a burning bush than maybe Marv's and my experience. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't, a minute. I didn't what get... are we talking about? Are we talking <clears throat> about when we accepted Christ? Well, what I was saying was when, when, yeah, when I first turned my will and my life over to the care of God. Okay. At that time. I didn't. I didn't have a sense of his spirit flowing through me. I didn't feel it. Oh, well, I did. I I know that it was true yeah. because I knew what the word of God said. So I held on to that truth. But I actually did not experience. I, I I didn't feel any different for a while. For me, it took a while. Hmm. For me, it was immediate and it lasted a while. Really, I don't remember. I was thirty three when that happened, but. Um, I'm going to say a week or so. Yeah. See, I was 60 when that happened. Mm-hmm. I was 60 years old when this thing took place in my life. And maybe that's why I'm I'm sitting here like I am today. <laughs> and I'm, not, I'm not too sure I agree with this either, and that's why I brought up uh, the cease fighting anything or anyone. Um, if we carefully follow directions, I don't think I agree with that. Uh, the half measures have to do with a lot of things, but in this situation, we're talking about a spiritual experience and trying the best we can on a spiritual basis to stay within the parameters mm-hmm. of, of what we know at the time. And I do not believe that we're carefully following directions because we have not matured enough to carefully follow anything. Well, I think what it's saying, though, when once you get to step 10, hopefully you have matured enough to carefully follow directions. Oh. Okay, I'm off. <clears throat> I think this is in the context of by, by the time you're here. See, and, right, I'm, right. I'm, and I'm thinking about But I see what you're saying. I I'm thinking it. about the same terms he is. Yeah. That, you know, but if, if the only we thing inside is, the parameters. The only thing is, uh, I'm not blowing any whistles or patting my back. I've been sober 29 years, and some of this stuff is still a problem in my life. Oh, yeah. I agree with you. You know, I, and yeah. uh, carefully following directions... Um, How many of us do that? We're so defiant and stubborn and I'm, self-centered. <laughs> you guys got to remember, though, this <clears throat> this is in reference to alcohol that they're talking about. No, it isn't. Well, I'm, I'm in reference to life. No, no it isn't. <laughs> yes, it is. No, it isn't. It's, it's in reference to the steps. Well, the following direction is, yeah. Yeah. But you got to remember, the, the book Alcoholics Anonymous is is dealing primarily with two things. Our problem with alcohol and our relationship, with, or our lack of relationship with God. Right. 
And so what I'm saying is when Mark said, I still don't follow directions exactly when it comes to other things in my life, this isn't addressing, uh, you know, other, a lot of those other things in our lives, this particular statement here. I think it's addressing our problem with alcoholism and our problem with our relationship with God. I, now I have to agree with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, I think that's true. Yes. Although I think this can, we can apply this to every aspect of our lives. But when they were writing And I this, think that's why it takes a lifetime. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, to some extent, we have become God conscious. I, I Now, see, I kind of take issue with that. To some extent, it seems real kind of minimizing it. I think we become a lot more God conscious than to just some extent. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. Um, but it is a promise. You don't want the uh, uh, God consciousness that I got. People say that... They want to have these burning bushes, but believe me, it'll flip your life upside down. <laughs> <laughs> God, we, we have, I mean, God just does what he pleases. I, what happened to me, it was about a year after I had accepted Christ in my life. I was I was driving from Petaluma, California to Vallejo on this strip of land where there was water on both sides. So there wasn't really any place to pull over. And something happened to me. I would just be by, bopping along. I had to pull over. I couldn't drive. I got out of the car and I there was I had this little pillow that my girlfriend sat in sat on 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 her side of the car. And so she wasn't with me, but I took the pillow out and I put it it was almost instinctive. I put it on the ground, I got on my knees, and I started to weep. And it was I wasn't upset. I just felt overcome by the spirit of God. And, and and I thought, and I would think that why didn't that happen when that, my conversion? It didn't though. But but it was very very real. I've never forgotten that. And I I must have been on the side of that road there, praying and worshiping God for a good thirty minutes. Cars are whizzing by. <laughs> What's that guy doing? Why why that happened that way for me? I don't know. I, I have this strange thing I like to throw out there because I it, it's appropriate at this time. I think that sometimes God knows the need for what he has to do to some people. I don't think that I would be where I'm at today and be able to do the things that I do today if he wouldn't have come into my life with such force. mm you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was just like he just took over areas of my life and did things to me. Uh, this this thing about the alcohol. Oh, brother. To have that removed and not want other people to know about it. Yeah. It's just it baffles me. Yeah. You know, I can't shut up about what he's done. Yeah. People and would I, like to shut us I, up, wouldn't I, they? Okay. And I don't go around <laughs> thinking that I can heal people or that I can, I can conquer this thing for them. That's just not in right. in my workshop or my vocabulary. Right, right. You know, it's just not going to go. It's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. You know, and I, unless God does something in a person's life, I don't think the person life, the person's life changes. I think it's God's hand. I don't. I don't. He's definitely the one who does the calling. Yeah. <laughs> now there, see that's that's well put. See, that's yeah. why I love Barf. <laughs> yeah, because he's dun, definitely dun, dun, the dun, one dun, that dun, does dun. the calling, you know. And, 
And and sometimes I feel like, Marv, I feel like he's pulling me through a knot hole in the fence, and it hurts. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, Monty, that's why I brought up the deal in the beginning of the show about being a warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what Bruce just said, it takes being a warrior to have enough discipline to hang on to God as we misunderstand him. That's the fight part that God that put in it, puts in us. Um, man, how many times have I wanted to give up? Yeah. How many times? And, and I just, there's it, just something that comes up and says, no, don't give up. Keep on keeping on. There is a spiritual war in there, yeah, uh, Marv. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> the other thing I was thinking about, I, I know we're getting close, but uh, at the beginning, uh, even before the show, we were talking about how this isn't a maintenance program and stuff. Right. It's a growth. Continually. Well, can I uh, <clears throat> suggest that it has more to do with discipline than it does maintenance? And the reason I say that, I've been sitting here thinking, which is not always a good thing. <laughs> uh, when I have clients come out and I'm training their horse, yeah. one of the things that, that uh, I think, I believe, when you're riding a horse, you're training a horse. Mm-hmm. No matter what. Mm-hmm. Because horses learn by... Um, Repetition. Repetition. Mm-hmm. So these people that uh, bring a horse in and they're acting like an orangutan, nine times out of ten, it's the people's fault, not the horse, mm. because they've treated them in a way that's not advantageous to the horse. My point right. is you are going to ride that horse for the rest of his life, you need to have discipline to make sure that your horse is not getting out of line. And I don't mean in a mean way or anything. I'm just saying that there's a criteria there that you have to maintain all the time. Yeah, It doesn't change. So when you're riding, you're training. And what that takes is discipline to keep in the parameters to where that horse doesn't become an idiot and an orangutan again. <laughs> Isn't that kind of the way the program yeah, works? I think mm-hmm. you're right. I think you're right. So saddle up, boys. We're going for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, uh, a thing I like that we've been living out of this selfish and self-centered existence for a long time. And now we have this this spiritual side of us, and we, we understand, and we want to feed it. We want it to grow and be the dominant force in our life, not the not the flesh, not right. the, not the other. And that's what we're trying to do here. And we're going to ride that pony. <laughs> <laughs> wow! I can't think of a better way to end the show this week on this special broadcast of the promises of the 10th step. All right. Don't forget, you can download 
hundreds of our shows by visiting us at Take12Radio.com. You can click on Follow Us on Podomatic and download our app there for iOS or Android. Also, we are on iTunes, and we are also on iHeartRadio and all social media networks. Just search for Take 12 Recovery Radio and on any of those, and, and you'll find us. All right, until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with the Take 12 Recovery Radio family, and we are wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. Kitty, 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 kitty.